Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody here in Virginia Beach. Thanks for joining us on this very special day, Election Day 2020. And let's all take a deep breath because what happens in these next 24 hours, or maybe 24 days, who the heck knows, will be a monumental turning point for this young nation. The momentum clearly with the president in these last 72 hours or so, tens of thousands at rally after rally, he makes the Energizer Bunny look like a low energy loser. And as for his dancing skills, well, he's got a signature move. Maybe not dancing with the stars material, but that's okay. The question, of course, is will the president be dancing Wednesday night and beyond? Uh, on election day, after about two hours sleep or so, he made a pit stop over to his campaign headquarters in Arlington, Virginia, to thank staff and volunteers. No dancing, just a grateful heart. And as for Joe Biden, uh, well, he went to church this morning. He's hoping and praying that voters hate Trump enough to propel the old-time senator and former VP to the White House. Speaking of the White House, we begin our election coverage today by going straight there, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We're joined by White House Deputy Secretary, uh, Press Secretary, excuse me, Brian Morgenstern. Brian, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Great. Happy to be with you, David. Well, Brian, in one word or so, or so, uh, what's the mood on this election day over there at the White House? We're feeling confident. Uh, it's a great day for America. It's a beautiful day here in Washington, D.C., where we get to let our voices be heard. Uh, and the president is feeling very confident. Uh, I was with him at the campaign headquarters when he was thanking staff. He's back at the White House now, also thanking some staff and uh, going about his day, making some phone calls. And he is anxious. We are all anxious to get the results in, uh, but we're feeling really great about where we are because the president is the pro-growth, pro-jobs president. He is pro-peace. He is ending endless wars. He is uh, he has really reinvigorated our economy, and he is the defender of free speech at this time uh, when we need it so much. So his, his message has been taken all across this country to tens of thousands of people everywhere he goes. Uh, the energy is fantastic. So we're feeling great about, about where we are, and uh, we just can't wait for the results. Brian, give us a sense of what the president will be doing at the White House today. Tell me he's going to take a nap. My guess is he he's not going to take a nap. But, but give me a sense <laughs> of what the president's schedule is going to be uh, there inside the White House at this point up until election night. I might take a nap before he takes a nap. The guy's got <laughs> boundless energy. It's incredible. Um, he'll be uh, around the White House meeting with staff. Uh, he'll be, I think, making some phone calls, certainly uh, doing some, you know, probably some drive time radio in the swing states to remind people as they're coming home from work, hey, stop at the polls if you haven't done so already. So he'll do some of that. Uh, there'll be uh, some, a, a lot of us staff monitoring results, monitoring what's going on in the swing, swing states, of course, briefing him as needed. And there'll be some guests I know in the East Room at the White House, uh, who I think we'll hear from the president, he'll be in the residence, he'll be in the Oval throughout the day. And there are some guests at the uh, Trump Hotel as well. He may try to, to visit, but I think he'll be spending a lot of his day here at the White House. Brian, is there any expectation tonight that we'll hear from the president at some point, uh, whether it be at the White House or, or somewhere uh, tonight? Uh, we're looking at that. Uh, I think he would like to address the nation. Hopefully we will have some clarity on what the results will be, which we believe will be a strong victory for the president. And so he would like to get out there and, and speak to the people uh, about that. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how events unfold. 
Uh, let me ask you about two situations here. The Democrats are going to say voter suppression. That's what they're concerned about. And uh, the, the Republicans, the, the president's talked about voter fraud. Can, can you kind of give us a sense inside uh, the White House there and what, what the White House sees as a potential voter fraud uh, problem here in this election? Sure. So uh, with respect to the suppression, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. We've seen comments from some Democrats that long lines at certain polling places is evidence of suppression. That's evidence of people voting. It is literally the opposite of suppression. So I think that's just <laughs> absurd in terms of any funny business. Uh, look, the the campaign, I, I don't work at the campaign, but I know the campaign has made publicly available hotline uh, phone numbers for people to use in case they see anything that seems irregular in any of these swing states, because the president has been very clear. He wants it to be one person, one vote, and he's encouraged people. Uh, you know, if you can go to Starbucks, you can go to the supermarket, you can go to your polling place and you can safely vote. Even in a pandemic, we can do this in a safe way. And I think you're gonna see a lot of his supporters showing up today to personally cast their ballots and get them scanned in. Uh, in terms of uh, any kind of shenanigans, funny business, chicanery, pick your word, uh, Look, sunlight is the best disinfectant generally. That's why it's important to have poll watchers uh, from really both sides observe how the votes are counted to make sure that it's done in a fair and transparent way. That's really all that this is about, preventing any problems with transparency. So we hope that that will work. We hope that we won't have to, uh, to deal with any kind of uh, legal fights in the aftermath. But if we have to, of course, we, have, uh, we are ready and able to do that with many very talented attorneys. Brian, let me ask you a little bit about uh, what the Biden campaign is, or I said the Biden campaign, it's not just them, it's Democrats talking about what they're calling a botched response on COVID. And of course, the president has addressed that and you've addressed that before. Uh, that's what they think is gonna uh, win the day. What does the White House believe is gonna win the day as to why voters will, will give uh, the president a second term? What's kind of like the overarching reason, do you believe? Well, it's, it's a good question. There are a lot of reasons, but if, if you're looking for kind of one theme, uh, yeah, absolutely theme. the president's optimism, love for America, appreciation of our innovative abilities to address these uh, the problems we're facing. Just taking the example of COVID, Operation Warp Speed, we are weeks away from a vaccine five times faster than we've ever had one. That's because of the president's leadership as a businessman cutting through the bureaucracy. It's about his positive energy. It's about his optimism for America. And that's really why uh, the way he views things. That's why his pro-growth agenda is all about creating jobs. We had more jobs than workers until we had this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then we had the pandemic. He threw absolutely everything at it. Every American who needed a ventilator got one. PPE, he used the Defense Production Act over 100 times. As I said, Operation Warp Speed, we have treatments being administered currently, dramatically reducing the risks of the disease, and soon we'll have a vaccine. All of these are examples of the president's love for our country, his optimism. The other side is offering a dark winter and pessimism, and they're so critical trying to tear our country down. So the, the messages could not be more different. It's optimism mm -hmm. and love of country versus pessimism and tearing our country down. I think the American people know which one they want. Uh, it's certainly the, the more optimistic one. 
Brian, uh, just a, a little while ago, you mentioned the legal fight ahead. Uh, what is kind of a, a roadmap of what we could potentially expect? I mean, I know it, a lot's going to depend on tonight, and if there's a clear winner, there's a clear winner, and it's all a moot point. But but what are some of the preparations and plans? What, what should we be looking at uh, here in the next week or so? Well, look, I think all over the country there are poll watchers and, and lawyers monitoring the situation, making sure that... Uh, the votes counted are votes legally cast by people eligible to cast them, uh, and that every person is, is it's one man, one vote. You know, as, as you know, I think in each state, the procedures can differ a little bit, and that's why it's important uh, for our team to be very familiar with each state's election laws so that we make sure that, uh, that everybody's following the same rules. It should be the same rules for each campaign in each state. So uh, really just a lot of observers uh, and lawyers who are uh, experts on, on the election laws, making sure that all the rules are being followed so that this is a fair fight. That's what it's all about. We want the winner to be the winner of a free and fair election. Brian, you know those Democrats, they want to break through in the Sun Belt. They, they, they want Georgia bad. I just wonder if it's a waste of time for them. No, it, it is. I mean, Georgia is... Uh, I think we expect to go strong for the president because uh, they love his policies. USMCA is huge. Uh, his his uh, advocacy of free speech is very important to Georgians. Uh, his support for uh, religious freedom is very uh, important, as well as low taxes, low regulation, better trade deals in general. Uh, they they believe in his agenda. So so we think that uh, you know that's a bit of a fool's errand for the other side. We think it's going to go strong for the president. Yeah, and speaking of some states, uh, I, I'm assuming yeah, there's not been so much talk about Minnesota and Nevada, but it does seem like there could be some breakthroughs out there. How confident? I know you're not with the campaign, but what's the president's view and uh, about Minnesota and Nevada? Yeah, so uh, those states and also Georgia, the, the one you just asked about, I think it's really important. The president's support for minority communities, particularly African-Americans and Hispanic, the job opportunities that he has helped to create uh, obviously, with respect to African Americans, he recently released his Platinum Plan, which has gotten tremendous reviews. Uh, he is really the pro-worker president that's huge in Nevada, uh, and his experience, obviously, in the casino industry is relevant. He wants workers to succeed. I think Nevadans know that. Uh, in Minnesota, his law and order message has been really resonating quite a bit, his support for the iron ore industry and the economy there. Uh, and trade deals as well has made uh, tremendous inroads there. Uh, so I think we'll see we'll see some of his policies, his pro-job policies, will uh, will really bear some fruit there. Brian Morgan Stern, White House uh, Deputy Press Secretary, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Brian. You bet. Good to see you, David. Have a good one. All right, you too. Uh, take a nap. Well, I don't know if you're going to take You're not taking a nap. I know you're not. No one takes a nap over at the White House. And, and I can tell you this. I can confirm that I'm not taking a nap. As a matter of fact, I'm exhausted already. It's like late afternoon. And I'm ready for a nap. But I can't get a nap because we have an election coming up and also coming up on the show. How's that for a transition? Alan Dershowitz, the fame lawyer. I think he wants me. I, do I have to pay him to say that? The fame lawyer uh, from Harvard uh, he's going to be along with us to talk about all this uh, potential legal shenanigan. Back in a moment. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. All right, you've heard of the Brady Bunch, uh, that episode, you know, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Well, here, how, how's this one for you? Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. That's the key state. Yes, there are a lot of other states. You can mix and match the whole way through, but Pennsylvania is key. So let's go right there uh, to Nick Ballacy, uh, the Just the News senior reporter. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Uh, Langhorn is where this polling station is located. Bucks County is a swing county in Pennsylvania. Uh, It went for Hillary by less than 1% in 2016. So this was a great spot, Bucks County, to talk to voters, see where their minds are, who they're supporting and why. And from what I'm hearing so far, most of the people that I've spoken to are overwhelmingly supporting President Trump. Um, I got a few people who were saying that it's the silent, uh, that they're the silent vote. They didn't really want to talk. They just said, we're the silent vote. So on top of the people that I've spoken to who are supporting President Trump uh, for issues like the economy, uh, pre-pandemic, a lot of them were noting that. If you go by the people I've been speaking to, and we're talking to a lot of voters, plus the people who are saying we're the silent vote, and they didn't want to go on camera, Bucks County could go for Trump this time, based on the people we've been talking to. And Pennsylvania, it's a swing state. The electoral votes here are coveted by both campaigns. If you look at the map, the electoral map, all the potential paths to victory for Biden and Trump, many of them run through Pennsylvania. So it's just one of the areas that Bucks County that tell us who's going to carry the entire state. So we're going to have to see tonight what happens. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big night for both campaigns. And Biden actually is in Philadelphia right now making some stops locally. Trump was just in Bucks County recently doing a, a campaign rally. So people are coming right into the county, uh, the, both campaigns right into the county. We're standing in right now because they both understand that what happens in this county could show who's actually going to carry the entire state of Pennsylvania, which could put Trump over the top or Biden over the top. So, David, uh, back to you. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Nick Ballacy in the great state of Pennsylvania, by the way. And he's absolutely right. I mean, look, he's in Bucks County. Bucks County, we know, is crucial. That's uh, right around that Philadelphia area or so. And, of course, Montgomery County is right next to Bucks County. And then I can just talk about the whole Philadelphia region. I mean, you've got Philadelphia County. And we know that Philadelphia County specifically uh, has a lot of African-American voters in there. And so the question then becomes, can the Biden-Harris campaign, or as Kamala Harris says, the Harris 
Harris-Biden campaign, the Harris administration, uh, can they uh, get some of that big African-American turnout that they need? By the way, I haven't even mentioned Chester County. So once again, to give you a sense, you got Philadelphia right here in the middle, and then around this is Montgomery County, and you've got Chester County and Bucks County. All of that is crucial, and that's why Nick Ballacy is on the ground in Pennsylvania. Uh, by the way, not just that area is important in Pennsylvania. I mean, we can go all over the map, if you will. And if you look at the map specifically, you can go to Lucerne County, uh, Lucerne County, which is north of Philadelphia, kind of up in that Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area, uh, Wilkes-Barre area, if you will. Barry area, that's kind of interesting to say. Uh, but you've got Lucerne County, you've got Northampton County, uh, and, and so there's also Erie County on the left-hand side of the state. If you've got a map, you want to go north of Pittsburgh and kind of close to Ohio. That's where Erie County is as well. Now remember, Erie County was a huge swing district. I mean, it was a Democrat district for a long time. It went Obama, Obama in 2008 and 2012, and then along came Trump, and in 2016, indeed, uh, it went for Donald Trump. Uh, and so Erie County is a place to watch tonight. So if you look at all of those counties, and I haven't even gotten to Beaver County and Butler County, this is all in that Pittsburgh area. And let's also not forget the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which is very interesting here. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette actually endorsed Donald J. Trump. And let's talk about that for a second, because the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hey, guess what, folks? Not conservative whatsoever. Uh, as a matter of fact, it leans left, and they are endorsing Trump. So it feels like the stars are maybe aligning in Pennsylvania. And if they're aligning in Pennsylvania, and Donald Trump takes Florida and North Carolina, and Georgia and Arizona out west. This is west, by the way. I'm pointing. I don't know if that's west or east, but it's west the way I'm seeing it. Then all of a sudden, he's got the path. And we've talked about this path before. Remember, it's very important to understand Donald Trump does not need to win every single state in the Rust Belt, right? He doesn't need to win uh, Wisconsin. He doesn't need to win Michigan. All he needs to do is win Pennsylvania. And let me also say something, and this is pretty interesting because we've had a lot of talk about Pennsylvania. But let's remember, you've also got Michigan. And in Michigan, if he just wins the state of Michigan, if that's it, well then folks, guess what? It's game, set, match as well. In other words, Donald Trump doesn't have to win Pennsylvania, believe it or not. I know there's been a lot of talk about Pennsylvania and this idea that he has to win Pennsylvania. I'm just gonna let you know, not necessarily. There is a path for Donald Trump to win and get to 274, 274 electoral votes if he wins Michigan and not Pennsylvania. A lot of different math goes on there, but it is uh, possible for sure. So where does it all leave us? Well, it kind of leaves us uh, basically uh, this idea that there's lots of different states out there, lots of different equations. I will just say this. The fact that Joe Biden is campaigning in Pennsylvania on, wait for it, election day, that's a problem. That's a spidey sense here of like, wait a minute, why are you campaigning in Pennsylvania at the last moment uh, if you're not feeling comfortable about that state? Where's the president today? He's at the White House. Uh, he visited with uh, staff. Uh, there it is, Arlington, Virginia headquarters. I mean, he's done rally after rally, so I think he's pretty tired, but he'd be out. Uh, trust me, he would be out on the campaign trail in Pennsylvania if he thought there was going to be a real 
problem. Clearly, they're feeling good. The campaign is feeling good. And indeed, sources telling me inside the Trump campaign that they are feeling good about Pennsylvania. They think they're going to take not only Pennsylvania, they think they can take Michigan as well. Matter of fact, we had Newt Gingrich on this program the other day who said 324 electoral votes for Donald Trump. We'll see. That would be a Trump landslide. All right, we're back in a moment with the last sip. I've even got more to say, if you can believe it. Back in a moment. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, Honored to have our next guest on. Uh, He's been on the show before, and boy, we dragged him back. I don't know if we dragged him back. I mean, he, I guess Alan Dershowitz will determine whether or not we dragged him back. But Alan, thanks for being here on The Water Cooler. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So election day, what do you what do you make of what we're seeing today and what we could potentially see on a Wednesday or the rest of this week? What's your spidey sense telling you? Well, um, first of all, I'm very proud of the fact that I represented the president in front of the Senate because it's so much better that the American people get to decide his fate than that uh, a bunch of senators and congressmen decide to undo an election. So election day is very important and every American should vote. Uh, I'm not a believer in polls. Uh, We've seen what happened not only uh, four years ago. uh, We remember 1948 with Harry Truman. So I'm going to stay up as late as I can to watch the returns and uh, and uh, hope that the election is decisive on either side so it doesn't end up in the courts. Alan, do you see uh, some sort of red wave potentially materializing? I know you're not a political prognosticator, but all these Trump parades, we're seeing stuff in New York, Beverly Hills, 96 miles in Arizona, boats galore. What's your sense of all of that? Well, I'm very worried about uh, the fact that uh, we're such a divided country that uh, either side might not accept the outcome of the election. We're going to see the the election perhaps go to the courts that wouldn't be a terrible thing but if it goes to the streets uh that would be a terrible thing so i'm hoping we can avoid that so alan walk us through what potentially this week could look like if this thing goes into the courts what what are some uh you know issues uh that could crop up what what are both sides going to be kind of looking at here kind of give us a primer so for, for people that might not understand the legal intricacies of all of this Well, the Republicans will claim a vote of fraud. The Democrats will claim voter suppression. There'll be a little bit of both. Uh, You can't expect perfect elections when you have um, more than 100 million people voting. You know, and in our early elections in 1800, when Jefferson ran against Adams and and Burr, um, we had 5 million people in the country and 65,000 of them voted. Uh, Almost nobody was eligible to vote. Today we have uh, you know, many, many, many millions of people voting and you're going to have some fraud and you're going to have some suppression. And the question is, will either of those have any potential influence on the election? We'll see one side or the other bring the case to court. And from what we saw in the year 2000, it could take a long time to resolve these issues, ultimately by the Supreme Court. And we may see the specter of a five to four decision with the deciding vote being passed by a justice displaced on the Supreme Court by one of the litigants. And 
that would be, I think, yeah. uh, not a good thing for the Supreme Court as an institution. Alan, I know a lot of folks, especially on the, the Trump legal team, I'm assuming, is going to look at some of these postmarked ballots, because I know in Nevada, for example, I mean, there is this interpretation out there in Nevada, you know, uh, is it a legitimate postmark? Is it not? I mean, I would think that's going to be part of the, the discussion as well. No question. And there are going to be claims by Democrats that the Postal Department has been biased against the Democrats, and there are going to be claims on the other side. Uh, this is a highly partisan and divisive election. And we're going to see both sides have arguments that they will make to the courts. I think the hope, a lot of Americans share this hope, is that whoever wins, wins decisively enough so that there is no claim that the election was decided by either suppressed voters or improperly cast votes. That's a fond hope, but it could happen. But if it's a very, very close election, we're going to see a lot of litigation. This is one lawyer who doesn't want to see litigation. Alan, how do you handicap this thing? In other words, from a Republican or Democrat standpoint, who might have the stronger argument? I know it's state by state, but like overall, like from a voter fraud or a voter suppression standpoint, is there a way to kind of gauge this exactly? I think voter suppression is far more serious than voter fraud. There is voter fraud. Every election has had voter fraud. The, the Kennedy election in 1960 had voter fraud. But voter fraud tends not to influence the outcome of elections as much as voter suppression does. Uh, voter suppression determined the, 19, the 2000 election. Uh, so many votes were suppressed in Florida in 2000, and most of those votes, experts think, would have gone to the Democrats. So voter suppression may very well have resulted in the election of the Republican uh, nominee as president. Uh, I don't think we've seen an election recently where voter fraud uh, has had that kind of an impact. So I think we ought to err on the side of counting votes rather than discounting votes. Do you think President Trump has any sort of legal point here to make? He's, he's frustrated that, you know, hey, it's election day. Let's get this thing over with. And I get it. And, you know, each state can start, you know, have their own rules here. But but is there something to be said about this idea that it continues to be drawn out and that kind of makes people question what's going on after the uh, final whistle has blown? It's a fair political point, but it has no little no legal relevance because under our Constitution, every state has the right. They could have uh, they could say that we don't count the ballots until December 1st. As long as the electors are instructed before a date specific specific in December, that's all the Constitution has to say about it. So uh, the president has a point, a political point he's entitled to make. But legally, it doesn't have any real impact as every state has to decide for itself. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just curious, have you either gotten a call from, from the White House or the other side, if you will, uh, about this? I mean, would you do it? Would you take any sort of role in, in anything coming up in the next couple months? I think because I did take a role in the impeachment, I would not take a role in this. I did take a role in the 2000 election. I represented the voters of Palm Beach County. But this one I'm going to watch as an observer, a scholar and a constitutional analyst. And I'll give you my best opinions. But I'm, I'm not going to play a legal role. Any sense of how this might uh, ultimately turn out if it went to the Supreme Court? Or now we're looking at a potential, uh, whether it be 5-4-6-3 uh, decision, probably a 5-4 decision. I mean, I'm assuming this could go all the way to the Supreme Court, like you mentioned a bit earlier. It's possible. And um, I think that uh, Justice Barrett would be wise to recuse herself. She has a 40-year career in front of her, and I think she would taint herself if she were the one to cast the deciding uh, vote. But uh, what if it comes to the Supreme Court and it's four to four and there's no decision? 
Um, maybe she would say. Uh, I hope it doesn't come to that. But, Alan, just so I understand, you say you, she should recuse herself. But what about if that's the case because she's, what, nominated by Trump? I mean, what about uh, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch at that point? Well, you know, if, if you are nominated at the last minute by a litigant in the case, the statute right. talks about appearance of justice. It's not mandatory. It's not obligatory. It's up to her. She would have to make that yeah. decision, and there would be pressure on her on both sides. Gotcha. Alan Dershowitz, always a pleasure. Thanks for being such a straight shooter all the time. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Alan Dershowitz, the famed lawyer. When we come back, more on election coverage here on The Water Cooler. Back in a moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right. Uh, listen, we've heard from the Trump. Uh, I say the campaign. It really wasn't. It was the White House earlier. But now we're, it's time to hear from the Biden surrogates in that side of things. Let's uh, bring in Guy Smith, a friend of the program. We're always going to call you a friend of the program, Guy. Win or lose, you're a friend of the program for sure. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Always a friend of the program. <laughs> hey, uh, Guy, what's your sense on this election day? What are you looking for? Uh, what's, your, what, what's your feeling? Uh, be a straight shooter with me. You always are. What's your sense? Well, I think it's a great day for American democracy, first and foremost, because there's so many Americans that are casting their vote, either have already cast their vote or um, are casting it today. Uh, in the Biden campaign, we're feeling very confident. We've got a lot of enthusiasm at the grassroots level. Uh, the vice president has been around uh, campaigning in, uh, in Pennsylvania. We're feeling good about it, just about everywhere. And, um, and we're confident that uh, we're going to win when all the votes are counted. Guy, uh, Newt Gingrich was on the show yesterday. He predicted, as you might imagine, a Trump landslide. <laughs> He's saying three. I, I don't mean to laugh at the prediction. I'm just saying that, you know, that is an out there prediction. He's saying 324 uh, electoral votes for the president. Uh, what kind of prediction do you see exactly? Are you in the prediction business? No, I'm not in the prediction business other than to tell you that Joe Biden's going to be the next president. I mean, Newt Gingrich predicted that Bill Clinton was going to be impeached and thrown out of office, and that didn't work out too well for him because he had to give up mm-hmm. the speakership. So, you know, he needs to stay over there in the Vatican and say a prayer or something. But, uh, uh, but Joe Biden's going to win tonight. That's, that's my prediction. Well, let me ask you, as we drill down a little bit on that prediction, if you will, what needs to happen? I mean, in other words, are you do you think he can break through? I I mean, my guess is you think he can win every state out there, obviously. But what about uh, Florida and North Carolina and Georgia? Where do you think he might fall? Do do you expect him to win Florida, North Carolina and Georgia, all three of them? You're not really expecting that, are you? One of the things that's fascinating about Georgia is it hadn't gone Democratic um, since Jimmy Carter, and uh, there are a lot of prognosticators that are that are saying that because there's such a change in the demographics that have happened in Georgia, 
that it's going to turn blue tonight. And uh, we think that could have actually happened. Same in North Carolina. Uh, now, North Carolina doesn't go back as far as the Jimmy Carter era without a vote for a Democrat, but it's a pretty red state. And uh, we're seeing that. I'm feeling pretty good about, uh, I'm even feeling good about Texas and, uh, and Florida. Uh, and that uh, blue wall that uh, that everybody calls it up in the in the upper Midwest, um, we're, we're we're also feeling good about. So, um, you know, gonna, there are a lot of votes to be counted. There's uh, the votes today, and there's all the early votes. And each state does it a little bit different. So we'll get some uh, early vote counts, like out of Florida, pretty quick. And then, uh, like from Pennsylvania, uh, it. Going to take a few days longer, and uh, that's um, it's more so this time because there's so many early votes and absentee votes because of the COVID and because of frankly because of people are excited about uh, participating, and that's such a good thing for our country to have so many Americans go to the polls. It's just a good thing. Well, I agree with you on that for sure. Hey, hey, let me ask you this about certain states. If you have a half full, half empty glass, we've heard the half full glass. What's the, give me the straight, uh, straight shoot on this in terms of the half empty glass. In other words, what state of all the states out there are you most concerned about where you think it's going to be uh, very much a dogfight? We know a lot of these battlegrounds are going to be a dogfight, but which one is at the top of your list on, on that, in that area? Well, David, you know, people still are uh, on their way to, to vote. You know, they get to vote until the polls close. Some states pretty late. Uh, I'm, as I told you, I'm feeling confident about everywhere with it. We're on the ballot, and uh, you know, we're we we're gonna we're gonna work down. And, and Joe Biden said we're gonna run through the tape, but uh, you know, we're gonna keep keep working until all the polls are closed. And um, so. Uh, to, I, I just don't think it to be appropriate for me to um, uh, to say, well, we're you know we've given up here. We're you know I'm not, I'm not giving up anywhere. Neither is Joe Biden. Right. No, I understand. All right. Well, that's fine. We'll we'll give you a pass on that. I get it, guy. I get it. Uh, all right. So look, early voting, mail-in voting. Uh, clearly, uh, Democrats have the advantage. Uh, but th- listen, this is not me saying it, guy. This is these uh, political prognosticators and the actual uh, many in the media saying, wait a minute here. Uh, the, the Democrat advantage hasn't been as high as many people had expected it to be. Doesn't that concern you? Everything concerns me. Uh, you know, you asked me last time if I ever, ever slept. I don't ever sleep. I worry about everything all the time. That's what I, you know, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, so, you know, there are some places where we've uh, got really, really strong uh, early voting, and we've got other places that are not quite as strong. But that doesn't mean that our voters aren't going to be coming out today, just like, uh, you know, folks say that, well, only it's not just the Trump voters that are voting today. I mean, there are Biden voters that are voting today, too. So uh, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, when, when all the votes are counted, it's, we're going to be in a good place. So what are we supposed to make of all of these Trump parades we see all around? You see it, 96 miles out there in Arizona of Trump flags and trucks and buses. And then you got uh, boat parades and you got 5,000 people in Beverly Hills waving Trump flags in New York. They're going through with Trump flags. What, what do you make of all of that?
Hey, Guy, what do you make I'm of sorry, all David. that? <laughs> Can you hear me? Uh, it broke up, but I, you're asking me about the Trump parades. And uh, let me yes. just start with uh, the one in Texas uh, where they tried to run the Biden bus off the road and then the <laughs> president endorsed that. You know what? The children are watching and that's not American. It's not how we do our politics. It's disgraceful, and and it it just it's just inexcusable. I mean, they have all the. But what about all the other ones? The other well, so I mean, that's nice. They can have a parade. It's okay. They're buying buying folks are doing it different. And you know what? There's a big difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and we're going to see which one, uh, which of the two, the Americans choose. I mean, you know, they've got their boat parade. Yeah. That's nice. See all those boats that sank? I mean, you know, I mean, then you got these uh, spreader events that uh, the president yep. didn't do it happily today, but. <laughs> all right. Well, Guy, I appreciate it. I heard you. Let's, uh, I ho- hopefully, uh, well, in your case, hopefully the ship won't sink and we'll see if the Trump ship sinks. Uh, we'll figure all that out. Appreciate you being on the show. Back in a moment with Pennsylvania. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, let's uh, end the show with, uh, oh, we know who it is. Come on. I mean, she's like a staple. Did I just call you a staple? Sophie Mann uh, from justthenews.com, the official staple of the water cooler. Hi, Sophie. Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing well. So have you heard, I'm assuming you know it's election day. That's why you showed up right at work today. Hey, so what's going on exactly uh, with our coverage? We got we got a lot of stuff going on. Well, we have quite the lineup for this evening as sort of exit polls begin to trickle in around four o'clock, five o'clock and all expectations considered, they'll be going much later into the evening tonight. Um, we'll be hosting everything live on America's Voice News, um, we, our Real America's Voice. We will um, we will have a series of rundown shows just giving you updates as they come in. Um, Eric Greitens will be on a little bit later for his show, Actionable Intelligence. Uh, just the News um, Editor-in-Chief John Solomon will be filling you in. White House Correspondent Carrie Sheffield. Um, our Congressional Correspondent Nick Balsey is on the ground in Pennsylvania right now letting us know exactly how big those turnout lines are and from what we're hearing they are just huge and Joe Biden um, leaving no stone unturned today is is out there in Pennsylvania as well just getting those last minute votes out both candidates have put out statements that they are you know feeling cautiously optimistic Um, they're feeling obviously today it's an emotional day for them they're feeling thankful and proud and just you know supported by their uh, by their bases and we're gonna see what happens we're gonna keep you guys updated though on what is looking like um, an election day that we'll see for from what we can tell from our vantage point from here just massive massive turnout and uh, you know this is the place to be um, real America's voice to to be getting those updates live uh, from correspondents in these key battleground states today yeah so uh, 30 seconds or so Sophie here but not to put your political analyst hat on here but the fact that Joe Biden is having a campaign in Pennsylvania on election day I mean that should scream something to us uh, for sure why the president's at the White House 
That that is a good point. I mean, you know, the there are two ways to read all of these situations. Um, he he said this morning that he is going to. Uh, run right through the tape on this election day. You know, President Trump was, uh, he called into Fox and Friends this morning to to talk to his supporters one last time. I mean, right. I, I think that there's uh, no good way to tell at this juncture, but both candidates for this final stretch, we've really seen yeah. them barnstorming in a way that hasn't been characteristic of this COVID-19 election. Um, and we'll keep you updated yeah. through the very end tonight. Thanks, Sophie. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we'll definitely talk to you tomorrow, uh, though I'll probably be in an election coma. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, in the meantime, we'll see you tomorrow, post-election day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Okay, we're going to talk, uh, obviously, about Election Day. Let me give you my top five states, okay? I'm just going to list them. We don't need to put up a whole big graphic. It's very simple, okay? Uh, Trump's got to win Florida. He's got to win North Carolina. Then we move to the Rust Belt, and you got Wishigan, Wishigan. I did it again. I, I continue to say Wishigan. That is the 51st state. Anyhow, whatever. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. That's the ball game, folks. We're going to look at this in two tiers tonight. Uh, the first tier is at Florida, North Carolina, and also Georgia. Let's see how those results go. President Trump has to get through those states first. If he gets there, then he goes to the bonus round, the electoral bonus round, and that goes way, I'm pointing this way, which is the Rust Belt. Those are those three states. Uh, that I just uh, mentioned. All right, so uh, can he do it? Well, look, when it comes to enthusiasm, we have seen tens of thousands of people at these Trump rallies, including a little dancing by the president. I'm trying to do that. I I mean, I look really ridiculous right about now. I can't even do it. Uh, And honestly, let's be honest, he really can't either in terms of like, Dancing, like you're not, he's not gonna be on Dancing with the Stars, I can guarantee you that. Though, then again, in this world, you never know if he might show up next season. Who knows? Well, he hopes he doesn't show up next season, by the way, maybe in four seasons from now. Uh, but look, let's talk about energy on the ground. Okay, so, so as Ralph Reed told us uh, on a previous show, he, and he's right, we're about to witness the bit, biggest political science experiment in history. In other words, Joe Biden and the Biden campaign, they are up with television ads galore. Donald Trump not doing as much on television. Instead, they're concentrating on the ground game. That's the key. Will we see MAGA Nation, the silent majority, show up on election day? We all know the deal. If they do, it's over. Biden loses and he can go home to his dark winter and go back to the basement. If not, it's going to be Donald Trump. Uh, and we're going to wait and see. I will say this. Listen to this statistic from the Trump campaign. 10 million phone calls. That's what they made in all of 2016. 10 million phone calls. In one week alone, the Trump campaign just this past week made 10 million phone calls in one week. Is MAGA Nation on the rise? Is the silent majority no longer silent? Answers, at least beginning to have answers tomorrow.